0: you are listening to fed by ravens with matt and adam
1: good morning matt good morning adam it is day 81 and 82 of reading through the bible plan and we oh boy. Are resurrecting the oral tradition where we talk about it. So if you're just listening, we're glad you're with us and we're praying that the story would just be embedded into your heart and mind cuz we believe the word of God will produce it'll all it's like rain on the earth. It'll mm-hmm. always produce something and and the word of God is never going to return void. So all these stories and all the talking will slowly add up to life. So, we're glad you're with us. We got a lot to cover today, don't we?
0: Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. Things are about to get real. There was so much narrative buried in numbers. Numbers. And it is blues for a lot of people. Yeah. Numbers, chapter 13, verse 26, through chapter 16, verse 35. Mm. Yeah, there's a lot of blues
1: going on every which way, but loose. It's an old movie reference. You weren't alive. Good, <laughs> yeah, good. So, the spies. <clears throat> everything seems to be moving according to plan.
0: Yeah, they've only been in the wilderness for like, they're on their year two, like in the second month of year two. The
1: second month of year two, and God is saying, right. "Scout out the land.
0: Let's do this. We've organized. We got
1: out of, uh, we got out of slavery." we've organized you got the law you got my presence you got my power you got my mediator you got the levites you got food you got shelter you got victory you got everything now go check out the land let's send what 12 of you or 24 Twelve. of you or 12
0: o- a representative from each tribe a rep
1: from each tribe go for 40 days check out the land and they see exactly what god promises it's called clusterville basically yeah <laughs> clusterville cuz all the fruit is clustering and after a year and a half in the desert, this is amazing. It's literally like walking into Willy Wonka's chocolate factory. You yes. can't imagine it. And then we get to verse 26 in chapter 13.
0: All right. So they come back. <laughs> and you, and they're, oh, man. Spit it out, Matt. Say it. They so rebel. they show them the fruit of the land, which is amazing. They're kind of like, it's exactly what we thought it was going to be, of land flowing of milk and honey. Uh, and this is the fruit. But then there's a, uh, however. Yeah. Uh, the people are really strong. They're and big. they are not intense. They are in strongholds. They have cities. And then there's the descendants of Anak, yeah. And they are giants.
1: So literally, and they even reference to Nephilim. Yeah. from uh, before the flood. Yeah. Like, they're like these old warriors, these giants. And so, essentially, it's... The Israelites are feeling like they're in way over their heads.
0: Yeah, so, like, ten of the representatives are going, uh, we we cannot take this. It's better than we could imagine, but the people there are stronger than We're we like, could imagine.
1: We are like grasshoppers. There's
0: no way we can do this. And there is a moment where sweet Caleb from uh, Judah... Stands up and is like, "Hold on, hold on, hold on! Yeah. What, what, we're, what are we freaking out about? God is with us. Uh, we can go and take those people. Like that—that that is not even a question. Why are you even questioning the, what God look can at do? What the Lord
1: has done behind yeah. us is the Egyptian army. Yeah, yeah. So we got this, and it did make me think of like the call from Caleb and from Joshua. Is, man, don't collapse in doubt now. We've come so far. Let's mm-hmm. call on the Lord. Let's." Let's confess his name and we'll get through every trial. But in chapter 14, the people all weep all night and they're grumbling and they're actually putting curses on themselves saying, mm-hmm. you brought us out here to die and you're putting our women and children.
0: Um, they're going to become prey. They're, they're going to You're going to re-slave. Yeah. They're going to become enslaved to these new people. And all
1: this stuff. And uh, of course, what we find out is the people weep. And there is a truth here. As I was reading it this time, I used to always identify with Moses and go, why would the people act this way? Mm-hmm. But this time around, I am identifying with the Israelites. Because when we're called to something new, when God is pushing us, like this is where I see God work the most, is when we start to do something new, mm-hmm. we have to rely on him. And I get easily overwhelmed by despair and like r- recognizing what I can do in my own strength and going, there's no way we can do this. Yeah, And so... They, what what it brought to my mind is we actually do prefer slavery to the challenges and responsibilities of freedom. Yeah. You know, like in my own life. So I have a lot of freedom right now. The Lord has blessed me and it's so great. But I fantasize about working a job like, oh, man, if I could be a waiter or work at a coffee shop or something where they told me what to do and I could be good at it. Mm hmm. That's a fantasy when you have a lot of freedom because uh, the freedom right now is I don't know how to move things forward in the church. I don't know how to find new people. I don't know how to save people. I got to make this thing work. And I fantasize about, man, if I was a landscaper, I'd just finish the yard and be done. But when I was that landscaper, I used to fantasize and go, man, every hour of my day is taken up by a a master. I just wish I had freedom to do what I wanted and I would Mm -hmm. do so much good. And so it's like we are in this broken state of never being happy Mm-hmm. And fantasizing about Egypt that no longer exists right because we're scared of the responsibilities that come with freedom.
0: So yeah, the people are ready to they even are at this point let's choose a new leader and go back.
1: Crazy. Yeah. I
0: mean, man, they are in it. And I love Moses and Aaron always respond by falling on their faces and and then and like mm-hmm. like basically pleading with them, please don't do this And then Joshua and Caleb. Uh, tear their clothes, and they're begging, please, the Lord delights in us. He's going to give us this land. He promised it to us. He wouldn't have brought us out here to die. And everyone's response is, let's stone them. Yeah, let's kill them. They're speaking
1: nonsense to us. They're making us feel good about nothing. Mm -hmm. And so uh, God does kind of what you see it replay with um, Aaron uh, Aaron and and Miriam. Mm -hmm. So you kind of see now this cycle of rebellion, and then repentance but you see the leaders always leading in repentance yes. so they they're crying out like stop moses is like please stop don't do this but they do it and then the lord shows
0: up and says okay okay time out like so the pillar of cloud like separates uh, moses aaron joshua and caleb from the congregation that's about to kill them
1: yeah and he says i'm di- i'm about to disinherit you all
0: yeah i'm done you don't want me guess yeah. what? Then you don't get
1: my, you don't have to have my stuff then. You and don't want my
0: stuff, then I'm, it's done. And so the Lord brings back, he puts back on the table the offer he gave to Moses during the yeah. golden calf time and was like, hey, I'll make you into a great nation and destroy all these people. How about that? Yeah. And Moses, again, is like, no, let's not do this. Like, forgive yeah. them, bless them. Like,
1: there is a really beautiful, uh, Interaction for Moses Mm -hmm. as he's interceding
0: for the people. I know that are about to kill him.
1: Right. They're trying to kill him. Like there's a maturity in Moses where that is pretty astonishing. But I guess it comes from someone who talks with God face to you know, basically mouth to mouth. But he says, Look, Lord, if you do this now, all the nations, all the nations know that our God is with us, that you are with us. Because they see the pillar of cloud and And fire. And they see it. And so I want you, and then he, he has a beautiful, uh, it's a theme that goes throughout the scriptures. God is slow to anger, mm-hmm. abounding in steadfast love, forgiving iniquity and transgression. But he's not clearing the guilty, you know? It's like, you, you aren't just declared innocent, but you have to be redeemed and mm-hmm. atoned for. But our God is willing to atone you and to forgive you. And, and so he's like, please pardon the iniquity of this people. Yes. And don't and I don't want the rest of the nations to say, look, this God killed his own people. Yeah. And so God's like, okay. You, you and and this used to be a source of confusion for me. Like, what? Did God change his mind? Mm-hmm. Is God not all powerful? Is Moses <clears throat> rebelling? And it's like, no. This is highlighting the very real relationship that God is wanting with his people. He's going to great lengths to be in relationship. So God is willingly entertaining the ideas of Moses and entertaining the thoughts of Moses and working with Moses by his choice because this is what he's always wanted, to walk in the garden with his creation Mm -hmm. who uh, is being fruitful and multiplying. So it's actually a great comfort to us that Moses can approach God and say, here's here's what I want, Lord. And the Lord hears him. But there's also, with the promise of I won't wipe you all out, there's a punishment side. And it's for every day you saw the promised land, you're going to be a year in the desert. Right. And everybody over 20, that census we took at the beginning, all 20-year-olds and up, you all are going to die in the wilderness because that's what you want. Mm-hmm. You refused to take the land that I gave you because you were scared about some giants. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, it seems yeah. ridiculous,
0: but... He does, like, give a, a special allowance to Caleb and Joshua... They're the only two. They're the only two. You are the only two who will make it into the land of this generation. And unlike your curses on your kids, I will actually save your kids and do the thing that you think I can't do. I'm going to save your kids, and they'll see the promised land.
1: Yeah. And so uh, you see, uh, so their response then is uh, they realized after Moses brings that out, he says, hey, you guys are going to die in the wilderness, Mm and your kids are going to be stuck out here for the next 38 years but they'll be able to go
0: in oh real quick though right before i think what you're about to say yeah uh the 10 men who gave the bad report yeah dropped dead of a plague
1: oh yeah before right.
0: the lord and so the people are see this and go Ooh, we might be on the wrong end of this yeah
1: whoops and, and so then the people overreact. <laughs> I love and, this and reaction. And the, and the idea is like, I've, I've likened it to miscommunication in a marriage mm-hmm. where my wife needs me to be present and care about the things she cares about, but all I hear is do the dishes. Mm-hmm. So I start doing the dishes to make her happy. Right. And she's like, still not happy, but I've done the dishes. Right. But she's mm-hmm. like, you're not listening to me.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm like,
1: well, I've done the dishes. You're crazy. And they react because... Because there's not a humility. There's not a, an ability to listen to the real heart of somebody. And instead, they're just being selfish. And so their response to the 10 guys dropping dead is, hey, we'll go into the land now. Yeah, we'll go take it. We'll take it. We'll, we'll show you that. We'll, we'll believe now. We heard you. Mm-hmm. We're sorry we did that. And now we'll do it. And so they do it. And while they're doing it, it is like Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. They're jumping into the Chocolate River. And Willy Wonka is saying, no, I'm not going to be there. Don't do that.
0: Oh, don't. Stop.
1: Please, stop don't and uh <laughs> moses literally says i'm not with you god is not with you the lord yeah. will not be with you in this the canaanites are ready for you yeah and so the ark doesn't go the cloud doesn't go moses doesn't go and they go out and they get decimated yes and they come back whatever's left and it's like uh yeah
0: yeah I that, told that's you. it
1: it actually just ends like they were defeated mm-hmm. and pursued them even to horma
0: like they lost ground
1: In your, and it just reminds me of like, believing, having faith. We're not saved by faith. We're saved by the grace of God. Mm -hmm. God has chosen these people. And the way we walk in that grace is we have to believe his word.
0: Right. And that's the faith. We have to believe that he actually saved us.
1: Right. He already saved you. And now he's leading you. Mm -hmm. And so the faith is, I got to have faith to believe his word. And when we don't, it almost always leads to despair and presumption are consequences of unbelief. So we despair, we feel all scared, and then we presume that he's just going to go with us. Whatever reaction we have to save ourselves, God's going to be with it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Which is interesting to me, like I, which is uh, convicting to me. Yeah. So you can kind of highlight where you don't believe the word of God You'll often feel despair and you'll often presume he'll just bless whatever efforts you throw at him. right. And the truth is, he's like, I've given you my word, my presence, my power, and I want to, and my plans to go with you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Wow. So as a result then, what this, in- this is really cool, I think, because chapter 15 of numbers would typically be one that I'd gloss over and not understand. Mm-hmm. But now I understand this time. It goes into um, laws about sacrifices and unintentional sins and and tassels on garments because things have changed. They're gonna they're not just gonna move in and set up a temple now. Mm-hmm. It's like now God has to say, "All right, here's what you do since you're gonna be worshiping and offering sacrifices to me in the desert for 38 years. We have to rearrange some things." And the first thing he does is. Um, he, he goes through the offerings, right, of unintentional <clears> throat> sins, throat> mm-hmm. of people. But the, the what I liked was the native and the sojourner are just like you before the mm-hmm. Lord. So this applies to everybody who calls themselves Israel and mm-hmm. is with us. But he has to re reevaluate and re-up, like, here's what we do. Here's how we do it. At least that's how I saw it. Did you?
0: I saw it differently. How did you see it? Um it almost seems to imply that the laws, the sacrificial law system that yeah. he set up, was on hold while they were in the desert. Because it says,
1: oh.
0: um, when you come into the land you are oh, to inhabit, right. which I am giving you, here's what you're going to do. And it does seem like he's like reminding, because we don't get exactly like timelines on the next 38 years. Yeah, We kind of get snapshots. And so it almost sounds like he's kind of retelling, like, the younger generation, like, all right, your parents were supposed to hold this because we were about to go into the land, but you're not going into the land, so let's just remind you. And this is another promise to remind you, like, yeah. you are going to go in the land, and when you get there, this is how you're going to worship me, and this is how you're going to take care of some things, because... That's cool. But, that, anyway, that's that. that's I kind mean- of how I, I saw it. Um
1: because the other idea is, it's it's kind of miraculous that right after all this rebellion, God is giving them a way of forgiveness. Yeah, and being right that's what and I fellowship.
0: That, that does seem to be there too. So yeah. um, God hasn't
1: left them; He's still involved with forgiving them, which yeah. is uh, pretty amazing after their blatant
0: disobedience. Right, and then, um, and then there's like a quick little excerpt about because He does drop like at the end of unintentional sins, like yeah. now if there's an intentional sin, like. Uh, we got to take care of this, and if he doesn't repent, he's cut off. So
1: are you thinking about verse 32 through 36, (laughs) the Sabbath breaker executed?
0: Yes. So yeah, in
1: the middle of this, there's like a little, they find a guy breaking the Sabbath, collecting sticks,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: willfully. Again, it's like, uh, my perspective is always like, oh, he's probably just trying to, you know, I want to defend him. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, why do I want to defend him? Oh, because I don't keep the Sabbath properly. But you got to look at it from outside of your own perspective and Mm -hmm. go, this is the people of God. We're seeing a lot of people, a lot of casualties because they're not obeying God.
0: Right, because, again, living without God leads to death.
1: Period. And in God's eyes, living without God, you are already dead in your sins and trespasses. Like, you are a dead person.
0: So I don't want that death to spread through the camp. Right. So I'm just going to kill you. So at this point... (laughs) It was interesting because up, up to this point, like in Leviticus and everything, when he said if they do this, you're, they're cut off from the community, and it was never fully explained what that looked like. Right. And so here, they they they, where they arrest the guy basically, um, and they, put him in custody. Yeah. It's, it's, it's they, like, they hold what's, him. What's the word? Yeah. And
1: they figure out like Moses. What do we do? And Moses goes before the Lord, and the, and the Lord says. The whole congregation is involved in putting this guy to death. Like, we need to mm-hmm. wipe out more death that's being introduced to life. Mm-hmm. So it's it's like a cancer. It's a mold. It's a right. mildew. We must get rid of it. it it'll corrupt everything. Mm-hmm. It's a little leaven. And so they uh, the congregation brings them outside, stones them to death, as the Lord commanded, which also reminds everybody this is serious. This is serious. So we can die in the wilderness like you think is going to happen, and honestly... In the rest of the world, that's what would happen. You're right. Good job. Mm -hmm. You will die in the wilderness. Mm -hmm. Or you trust the Lord. you got to trust the Lord. And he's gracious and he'll forgive you. But when you don't want his forgiveness,
0: you're out. You're out.
1: Because you're already dead. Mm -hmm. Then he says, put tassels on your garments and this blue cord as a visual reminder of the Ten Commandments. I love this. God's like, look, I want you to remember and always just look at each other the way you dress and be like, oh. We live by a different code. We live by a shared um, promise of who we will be. Mm -hmm. And we are the people of life. And
0: And I love God's acknowledgement of our need for physical reminders and tangible things for us to grasp onto and go, oh, this is what we believe. This is who we are. And we need to be reminded physically of right, this stuff. Which
1: is the idea of now the cross. Mm-hmm. So we have this physical image of shame and death. Uh, a death penalty is a symbol of victory. Yeah. Death and life. And, and we need that stuff. Well, it all leads to um, confu- <laughs> more confusion. And this one we'll get through chapter 16, verse 35. Yeah. And this is what's referred to as Cora's rebellion.
0: This is a story, man. Now, this is the story
1: uh, I've always fantasized as a pastor. This is the story when church politics get weird, you start preaching on Cora's rebellion, because <laughs> it is, and then you just hope that when you say maybe the the earth will open up and swallow you, that it happens. So, what is? You gotta remember Cora, and it says it at the beginning is um, from. The Kohaths. Yes. So the tribe of Kohaths, and we know the Kohaths are the ones who carry the most, the things inside the most holy of yes. holies. But they're always wrapped up by Aaron and Moses. They never see them. They never mm-hmm. touch them directly. And they always go last to just put them in the temple or yep. in the, uh, I'm sorry. The, in the tabernacle. Tabernacle. And then they leave. Mm-hmm. And so you can kind of get a sense like they are so close to being the most important people.
0: They are. Yes.
1: Because they would deal with the most important <clears throat> things. But they know, maybe they tell stories around the campfire about how they've seen things, but they know the truth. Yeah. They don't see it,
0: and they don't touch it. They just
1: carry it. And I think it all starts to add up, and they get a little jealous.
0: Yeah, and they get some supporters from leaders of the tribe of Reuben, who technically is the firstborn, Right. but is not being treated as the firstborn at all. And mainly because of, I would say, the curse of Jacob that Jacob put on as revoking... Reuben's right to the firstborn.
1: Because it's like 250 men rise up.
0: Yeah. But did you catch what they said? Like,
1: you've gone too far. Everyone in the assembly is holy. holy. Yeah. They're saying, which is kind of like today in the church, like yes. what makes you a pastor or a priest any better than us?
0: And basically they're saying we are, we're all holy. We're all set apart people of God. So I thought God was building a kingdom of priests. We all have the right to be a right. priest. Why have you set up this Aaron character who is part of your family that's nepotism like that's basically the undercurrent
1: uh, nepotism it's not fair why are the only ones who get to do the 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 coolest stuff stuff? yeah Yeah. and so um moses calls out Reuben's sons and says look what is the deal and they're going we think you're just trying to wipe us out we think you're trying to take our stuff you brought us Mm -hmm. into the desert to wipe out Reuben's inheritance Mm -hmm. and so moses has to pray the lord and and says, right. "Hey,
0: don't respect their offering. I don't want anything from them." But, okay, so this was shocking because up until this point, Moses has always like fallen on his face, defended, and and been like, "Forgive them, oh, Lord, Lord, forgive them." But blah, 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 but
1: which is what Jesus does on the cross: "Lord, forgive them. They know not what they yeah, did.
0: Yeah. but this time Moses is like very authoritative, right? And so he like he tells like, Korah and his like family, grab censors light up the incense stand before the Lord. And do a priest thing. Do a priest thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll see if Lord accepts you and you'll be right next to Aaron. Yep. And then he goes and handles uh yeah, the sons of Reuben and is like and he basically says he just dismisses them when he hears their complaint. He's like, "Don't respect their offering, Lord." And and, and he says, "Then you guys have gone too far." Is it not enough? You've gone too far.
1: And is it not enough you get to handle the things and be uh, work in the tabernacle and do all this? Why do you want this? Why do you need to be a priest?
0: And I realize the reason he's being more forceful here is because the the focus of the complaint is on his brother Aaron. Ah, uh, yes. So he's messing with his brother, and so Moses is going to bat for his brother. Right. More than he's uh, defending himself, he's defending Aaron, and he's like and you don't you don't get to talk about the high priest. Because oh, he remembers, like too,
1: he remembers being so scared about this for 40 years earlier, or mm-hmm. whatever the burning bush was, that he asked for Aaron to be the mouth. Like, Aaron is part of Moses' weakness. Mm-hmm. And so Aaron has helped him. Maybe Moses had a stuttering problem, whatever it was back in Exodus, when he's like, God, I can't do this. I don't speak well. I'll give you Aaron. He'll speak. You'll be like God. Aaron will speak through you. So they are attacking Aaron, and Moses mm-hmm. is like, You don't understand. God gave Aaron to me in my weakness. I don't want. It's not like this prestigious thing. It's actually a crutch. Like this position is a crutch. And and leave him alone.
0: Aaron's already lost his two oldest boys to this position. You
1: don't know how much this position costs, Cora.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And well, he's about to find out. And so it's cool. It's interesting because Reuben, the sons of Reuben, they refuse to go to the tabernacle to. Like stand with Korah, right? They actually are like, no, you're. This is a trick. We're not. We're not going to go. And so they stay at their tents. And God says, make sure everyone moves from their tents who mm-hmm. are not with them. And then with the guys. And then there's like basically there's two scenes going on. There's the Levites that are with Korah that are lined up with the censers yeah. and with Aaron, standing in front of the tabernacle. And then there's Reuben, the sons of Reuben. And their guys like around their tents, right? And so two things are about to go down that are pretty intense. <laughs> yeah. And so Moses confronts, um, it's a Biram or, or a Dathan and Abiram, right? And says, um, you know what? You're not just gonna die in the wilderness like the fate of every man. Instead, you're going to go straight to Sheol, your belongings and everything alive alive. You are going to, to go straight down alive. The ground is going to open up and swallow you. So everyone who doesn't want to be swallowed with these guys, back off. So
1: people do. And and the other option though was or if this is of the Lord, you'll live like a normal person and die mm. once and you'll yeah. be right. Yeah. Well, the problem is as soon as Moses said the second option, the opening the earth, the earth opened <laughs> and swallowed them whole.
0: Yeah, nuts. And then closes back up.
1: Yeah, closes back up. It, it eats them. The earth, the third character of the story is like, thank you very much. I will help you gladly get rid of the problem. Because yes. the earth is waiting. The earth has already been baptized. Mm-hmm. The earth is like, I'm baptized, ready to go. Let's, mm-hmm. let's wait for the adoptions of sons and their new bodies.
0: These people are the problem. Done. And then at a similar moment... Back at the tabernacle, the fire of the Lord bursts out and destroys, consumes the 250 men offering incense. Boom. Meanwhile, back
1: at the tabernacle, they get get offered up as whole offerings. Oh my goodness. Done.
0: Done. Purified.
1: And then what's crazy is uh, later, we know from the book of Psalms, the sons of Korah write beautiful psalms.
0: Yeah, so this is what's really cool is like... So obviously, not all of Korah's family was involved in this rebellion.
1: God saved some. And he God takes saves, some, and He saves some.
0: Saves some of them, and they end up being like some amazing, inspired psalmists.
1: Yeah, they. The it looks like the heritage of the the Kohath's and the Korah at least recognize God is good. Which, imagine the survivors telling their kids and their kids and their kids, yeah. "Hey, we tried to." Rebel once, and we saw the earth open up. That's a that's a story that might endure some generations. <laughs> all right. Wow. So that's what's numbers. going on in numbers, but like, what would you say? I mean, I, in all of it, I'd say the theme would be God's gracious.
0: Yeah. Just he's gonna take care of you. Can you actually believe that? Yeah. Or are Lord you is... gonna try to take care of yourself?
1: And uh, yeah, because taking care of yourself is slavery. The challenges and responsibilities of freedom are to trust the Lord. Yeah. Boom. Boom. All right. All right. We got through that. Now let's go to the New Testament. It's a little softer. It's a little happier. Kind
0: of. All right. So our New Testament reading is Luke chapter 4, verse 14 through chapter 5, verse 16. Luke chapter 4. What is going on? So, Jesus leaves the wilderness full of the Holy Spirit. That's right. Goes to Galilee. Oh, so good. And begins to teach in the synagogues. And part of his Galilean tour is going back to his hometown, which Luke kind of like, he kind of puts it closer in the narrative. Like, uh, sooner in the narrative, just to kind of get it out of the way, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so Jesus stands up in the synagogue. This is a pretty bold statement, and reads the words of uh, Isaiah.
1: This is in all the synoptic gospels, right? This is in all Isaiah sixty Ma- one. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Maybe not in John. I don't it's know. It's not in John.
0: But, but it's in the
1: yeah three because we've read this in Matthew and Mark already, right?
0: I think so. I can't remember either. But. but I just love Isaiah 61, and I love this phrase, and it's a good summation of Jesus' ministry. Yeah. And always to have it, in the, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor, sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovering this of the sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Wow. So then he
1: rolls up the scroll, gives it back to the attendant, and sat down. And that's the ancient version of dropping the mic.
0: Yeah. And then when you sit down, that's a rabbi position. That's a position of a rabbi, someone who's going to teach. And then
1: they all looked at him, and he said, he began to say to them, Today, this scripture I just read has been fulfilled in your hearing. So like this is what I'm thinking about, too. With him. He reads the most powerful, hope-filled prophecy like the Lord is coming he's bringing his spirit he's gonna you know help the poor proclaim liberty to captive this is what we all give sight to the blind all that it's the year of the Lord's favor and then he says it's fulfilled right now I'm here yeah and that is where our faith meets like it's really hard to, to you have to believe is it Has he started to proclaim good news to the poor? Has he brought liberty to the cat? Has he returned sight to the land? Has he come for the... Yes, 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 yes. He's doing it physically in his ministry, and he's continuing to do it now. And those who have eyes and ears will see it and hear it, and those who don't, won't. It'll be for judgment or for salvation. And so we say, it has begun.
0: And then his hometown loses it.
1: Yeah, they, they understand exactly what he's saying. They're like, you're crazy. We know who you are. And uh, you're just the son of Joseph. We saw you grow up. And then Jesus, knowing what they'll say, he even says early in in Luke. So this is chapter four. I
0: know. He
1: says, doubtless, you will quote to me this proverb, physician, heal yourself. If you've done this in Capernaum, do it in your hometown as well. And so this is what they yell at him on the cross. Save Mm -hmm. yourself. Save yourself. Physician, heal yourself. And Jesus just says, no prophet is acceptable in his hometown You guys are unwilling to have any belief in me because you saw me grow up. Even Elijah, you know.
0: I know, that quick little story about Elijah, that's what hits them.
1: Well, this is what gets them so mad they're ready to kill him. He says, uh, this thing about Elijah uh, was not sent to any of the own people. He had to go outside of Israel. To to a
0: Gentile widow. To this
1: Gentile widow, yeah. And uh, he says the reason for that was because no one at home would believe Elijah.
0: Yeah, or God.
1: Or God. The and people who a, knew God and were supposed to listen, that God sent Elijah to his own people. They rejected him, so he went out and he blessed a widow. He could have blessed and saved many widows mm-hmm, within, within Israel. Israel, but he didn't. And so he likens himself to Elijah getting ready to go outside, to the, outside the camp to mm-hmm. save people who actually will listen. And uh, that's when... And then he even references uh, Naaman, the Syrian... And then when they heard this, that's when they were like, they actually get Jesus to a cliff.
0: I know. This is like the first, I think this is the first time we were hearing this because this, yeah, no, this hasn't happened. this
1: hasn't happened in Matthew or Mark.
0: Um, or it wasn't They said told. he slipped
1: away. Like things got a little
0: like, so they, hairy, but they not. They cornered him on the edge of a cliff to push him off and then stone him. Right. And, and instead, this is where his divine nature is kind of revealed that he passes through their midst, and went away.
1: Because he's not a victim to the hate of the world. He is actively going to solve. He's fighting the evil of the
0: world. Right. He, it's his choice. And it's not his time to die. So he just slips right through the crowd and gets away.
1: And so then you see his authority now. Mm-hmm. Like this go kind of goes with Mark. Well, you know, Mark talks yes. about this. And, and this is where he goes to heal. So now they went down to Capernaum the city of Galilee, and um, and he starts speaking with authority, and there's a demon that says, I know who you are, because the demon's trying to expose who he is, because that's power, and Jesus just says, be silent, and come out of him, and everyone's amazed that his word, that the word of Jesus has so much authority and power.
0: So this, yeah, like when I read this, this gave me chills, and like, because when anyone else has to deal with a demonic, we have to invoke a name that's more powerful than ours so yeah, like even yeah. in the, the new testament period the jewish the hebrew exorcists had to invoke the name of god hmm. to cast out unclean spirits and we would have we would invoke the name of jesus right but jesus doesn't invoke any name he just commands because he has the authority he is the authority. so yeah. he can just command Be silent and come out of him. And they have no choice but to listen and respond. Amazing. So
1: you're starting to see like Jesus saying, I am, the scripture's being fulfilled in your hearing. He's starting to show that he has the power. His word is authoritative. Like you start to see Luke Mm -hmm. now creating, or his narrative lining up with, from a different angle, but lining up with Matthew Mm -hmm. and Mark. And it's starting to set the scene. Like here's who he says he was. Here's his, how his ministry begins, mm-hmm. and so um, he has this amazing authority over the demonic. He has the authority over like the law and to say, oh, it's here. Mm-hmm. And now the next section is he has authority over sickness and death itself. So he heals Peter's mother-in-law, and then starts um, healing everybody who is sick with various diseases, and demons and everything. And there, and he silences all the demons, and he stops all the all the infirmities and sicknesses and brokenness.
0: I do love that he rebukes the fever. Yeah. He's just like, get out.
1: The idea that sickness is tied to spiritual it's, powers, it's, too, is yeah. interesting.
0: So he does that. Um, I do love the idea, too, that now when the sun was setting, all those who had any who were sick, so their days ended when the sun set. Mm-hmm. And it was technically Sabbath day. And so all of the sick people are waiting for the day to end where they're free to now move about and do some stuff. So they're waiting, the sun sets, and they're just instantly, wherever Jesus is, like, heal us. Yeah. And so the, the day ends and Jesus' work begins. <laughs> That's so interesting. Uh, yeah, pretty crazy.
1: He tries to get some alone time, and this is where they're like, hey, things are going pretty good in Capernaum. Why don't we stay here? And he mm-hmm. says, uh, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to other towns as well. This is why I was sent. Yeah. Now, I don't know uh, how Luke ordered this, because chapter 5 is the beautiful interaction between, and it's different than the other ones, It is between different. Peter and Jesus. But it feels like he already healed Peter's mom, so he's working with Peter. yeah did you Did you catch anything on why his order is like this or or is it just now like, okay, we just establish maybe Luke is establishing Jesus' power and his calling and power of word, power over healing stuff. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, oh, and he called these guys, he didn't want to do it alone. He's actually yeah. transferring his power by his word to disciples who then Gosh. will transfer it through their preaching and their teaching to us. Maybe is that, you think that would make sense? Yeah, that
0: would make sense.
1: Because uh, this is one of my favorite stories. I identify just straight up with Peter. Because Peter is a fisherman. He's buddies. Apparently, he works with John and James. Yeah. So you got brothers, Peter and
0: Andrew, Andrew
1: and John and James. And later, uh, historians think John had some really powerful ties because when Jesus is being crucified, he's allowed to walk into inner courts. Like, he's kind of a powerful guy. So mm-hmm. the idea is maybe he had a fishing company that Peter ran, mm-hmm. and they're all working together.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But um, Jesus says, put out your nets. He gets in a boat. and To he says, teach. To teach. Finds this one empty. Says, hey, it happens to be Peter's boat, yeah. right? or Simon at this point. Yeah. Put out your nets. And Simon says what I say all the time, uh, Lord, we toiled all night and, t- and took nothing. Like, you're telling me to do something Mm -hmm. that I've already tried once. It doesn't work. Mm -hmm. So cool idea. We had it five years ago. And, but Peter at your word, I will let down the nets. He's like, but you know what? I'll try it. feels like there's something different here. And that's the kind of spirit Mm -hmm. I hopefully have eventually. And then uh, when they'd done this, this is when the nets just bulge and break. Like they're so heavy. Mm -hmm. And um, Peter's response here, according to Luke is, Peter just falls to his knees and says, depart from me. I am sinful man. O oh Lord. Yeah. Cause they're so astonished. And he realizes this is not me. I'm sinful. Whoever and whatever you are, you're way better than me. Mm-hmm. God have mercy. I love that response. But then Jesus response is even better. I know. He's like, um, you know what? Don't be afraid from now on. You'll be catching men. What? It's like Jesus knows his heart too. Mm-hmm. And I just identify, I want um, I want to have a ministry that catches a lot of people. I want to see lives changed. I want all these things. And then when Jesus interacts with me a lot of times or when people, it's like the request is try and throw your nets on this side again. It's like, I've already done that. Mm-hmm. But then the call in my life is, I'll make you a fisher of men. And just think about Peter for three years. He's remembering this. How could you forget? Oh, yeah. you've Never seen anything like that. But for three years, he's feeling frustrated. Like, I thought we were going to catch men. And we had some seasons where there's like 70 disciples. And now it seemed like it was cool. And now we're we're back down to 12. And we're losing one. And you're dying. This thing feels dead. And yet I have this fishers of men thing on me. I don't know. I identify with that. hmm I don't know if I've been yeah. talking a lot, but I don't know if you identify with that.
0: It's just very encouraging, like Yes. I I think his response to God's provision, I think that's the like get away from me. Like I I've been trying to do it on my own. Right. And I think I might still try. Yeah. I, st- I know
1: I'm, I still have moments where I'm just doing it on my own, and then I presume that God like, will bless it. I'm like, you don't God! Want
0: it, you don't want anything to do with me. Right. And I recognize that. That, I'm like, ugh. Oh. But Jesus still is like, no, I know who you are, and I and I want you to be with me.
1: And they left everything and followed him.
0: I know. I love anyway, it.
1: And then the next story is he cleans the leper. And again, he touches him. Well, that's what's shocking about this. He's He says he... He stretched out his hand and touched him.
0: And we see the clean overwhelm the unclean. Right.
1: So Jesus' power now is, Luke is quickly showing his power over all realms, even the legal touching, and, and sends him back to to fulfill the word of uh, given to Moses that he commanded, go to the priest, mm-hmm. do it right. And um, and then he tries to withdraw to a desolate place, but his fame is spreading. So this mm-hmm. Luke showing us his, his power is being established, his presence is established as the Son of God, his love for people, his compassion, his healing, his calling. And he's trying to withdraw, but his name is getting big.
0: Mm.
1: That's Luke. That's Luke. So I guess I'd end that one by going, you know, God has a calling on your life, and it's always going to seem ridiculously far away, <laughs> but it's the Lord's call on your life.
0: Yeah, He'll accomplish it. So
1: throw your nets, even if you've done it a hundred times. Throw your nets where He says to throw them, and then recognize your sinfulness, and then recognize His love and power to forgive you and make you something better.
0: Amen. Amen. So we have. Today's reading was Psalm 36 and then Psalm 37. I'm going to read Psalm 37, 1 through 9. Fret not yourself because of evildoers. Be not envious of wrongdoers, for they will soon fade like the grass and wither like the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will act. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his way, over the man who carries out evil devices. Refrain from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not yourself. It tends only to evil. For the evildoers shall be cut off, but those who wait for the Lord shall inherit the land.
1: been fed by ravens go in peace and serve the lord we'll talk to you next time